Hi, and welcome to the Virtuosity Project podcast. My name's Lisa Hetherington, and I'll be chatting to you each week about all things CrossFit, motivation, life, a little bit behind the doors of a CrossFit affiliate, and anything else that we think might provide you with some education, uh, give you a little bit of entertainment and some inspiration along the way. So thanks for listening. If you do enjoy what you hear, please feel free to give us a review on iTunes through the Apple Podcast app. Uh, That would help us out a great deal. Leave us a review, give us a rating. We would really love that. And please share this with your friends. All right, let's get to today's episode. Hi, and welcome back to the Virtuosity Project. Lisa here for another week of hopefully informative or entertaining information for you guys. Thanks for listening and giving me half an hour of your uh, time. Thanks to everyone that left comments on our last post. I am still trying to wrangle my coaches to get them in for interviews. Uh, so there will be more of those coming at you as well. Um, and thanks to everyone who's left a review on Apple Podcasts. That's really helpful, important. It helps our little podcast stay visible and, and found when people search for, for CrossFit content. So thank you for that. If you haven't had a chance to do that and you like what you hear, please pop on over. Uh, give us a rating give us a review, let us know what you think. Also, if you have any suggestions for topics you'd like me to cover, please uh, shoot them through to me on Instagram. You can DM me either at the Virtuosity Project on that Insta account or CF4504CoachLisa. Um, send me a message or send us an email at the Virtuosity Project at Gmail and I will endeavour to cover that. Um, so the CrossFit Open has started and... What a cracking first workout. Uh, For those that aren't aware, the CrossFit Open is a way, it used to be the first stage of trying to qualify or the qualification process for the CrossFit Games, but it really is the start of the CrossFit Games season now where athletes can direct qualify from the Open uh, to go directly to the Games if they finish in the top 20 or are their country's national champion, which is kind of exciting. Um, this year has been a little bit of a rare air because of the changes to the CrossFit Games structure and season. Uh, we had an open back in February, March, which was our traditional time, and now we're starting one in October, which is for the 2020 season. So it's been a bit of a different vibe. We normally have um, quite a big event of it, some teams happening and, and a big sort of festival feel. Uh, we definitely have less entries this time around. Um I think people are a little bit fatigued. They just did the open. It's over the five weeks. I notice it takes a lot out of our athletes um, mentally and physically. It can be quite draining. If you don't uh, get the results you expect, it can be a little bit deflating. We normally um, suffer a little bit of people losing a bit of mojo, their mojo after the open. So there's a a little bit of that. Um, It's been a pretty hectic year as well for athletes. We've done a few uh, beginner comps and a couple of bigger comps and our own rookie rumble. And it's getting towards year end. So we've got a smaller crew doing it, but they're no less committed, no less passionate. And um, we're running Friday Night Lights. So 6.30 p.m. Friday, our class is transformed for the Open. And for 20.1, which is possibly one of definitely my top uh, five of Open workouts ever, um, I really like the structure of the workout, which was for time, 10 rounds, eight uh, ground to overhead, which could be a snatch or a clean and jerk, and uh, 10 bar-facing burpees. The RXD weight was uh, 43 or 29 or 29 and 20 for scale. So 
Uh, quite a good workout. Seems fairly straightforward, but it is quite devastating. Um, and it, it brings a lot of good intensity to the party, which is what the Open is all about, particularly week one. It's kind of an all-out effort. Um, and we had a great vibe in the box. We may have been small, but we were mighty with the members who came to cheer and help judge and get gear sorted. So that was really cool for us. And uh, we still had a nice community spirit happening, which is the main thing for us here at uh, CrossFit 4504. We're all about the community and, and having a nice experience and a, and a nice vibe. Uh, so the Open is a good lead-in, I guess, to what I want to talk about today in regards to scaling and how people perceive scaling and perceive their results. Um, quite often we see a cycle when the Open comes around and, there, and there's, um, I guess, if we talk first about uh, people's perceived results, um, you know, the uh, Open comes around and there's a movement and they couldn't do it last Open and they still can't do it this Open, whether it be pull-ups, toes-to-bar, a muscle-up, um, a heavier barbell, something. There's always something and people get that little bit of deflated and it's like, well, okay, well, yes, you couldn't do a muscle, uh, couldn't do a pull-up, for example, last open. You still can't do a pull-up and how much work did you put into that? Um, our programs are by nature general, so we're not specialising, we're not specific. So over the long term you'll develop the skills and you'll develop strength, but if you want to develop those skills and strength a little sooner, you need to do a little bit of additional work to get stronger or, or address that skill and it's putting in that, that individual time. So that's one bridge we always have to cross at the open uh, with people and, you know, maybe making helping people see a bit of perspective about why they could or couldn't get a skill or why perhaps we suggest that they do something scaled rather than attempting at RxD um, and and getting that nice, nice mindset around it and, and then giving them letting them use that as a fuel to push forward for the next 12 months. So now we're not going to see an open for 12 months. This is a great time to do it and go, okay, well, didn't get where I wanted. Um, what do I need to do? And you're either going to use that to fuel yourself fuel yourself up and push forward or you're going to go, oh, just can't be bothered and you stop training. So usually a couple of outcomes that tend to happen. Um, luckily for us, uh, we, well, not luckily, we put a lot of work into our athletes here and, and talk to our members about framing their expectations, um, setting them up for success, and also seeing the opportunities for them to grow and improve and look for those opportunities where they can um, do a little bit of extra work and get those rewards that they're after, particularly if, it, if it's ripped enough of a fire in their soul that they definitely want to improve at that. Um, and it, it's just a process of improving you're not going to get better if you if you keep doing you know nothing then nothing will change but if you take steps even one or two small steps um things will change and that doesn't just relate to crossfit it's any sport you do um i can even relate that to my golf i actually went and had a a lesson with my coach today because even coaches need coaches um working out some tweaks in my full swing given that I've kind of been working around it since I made my comeback. I've played, you know, 12, 13 games, something like that. Not, not, a, not a huge amount. Uh, felt like I'd been hitting it okay, but I knew there was a couple of inconsistent shots. And so I could have kept going with that and just kept accepting that I was going to have a blip here or a blip there. Um, but those blips were getting expensive in shots. Um, so now I've gone to my coach. He's given me a plan. We've tweaked it. It's not as bad as I think it is. Um, just a minor thing. 
working on some sequencing and I've got some practice drills to do for the next two weeks. So I'm going to go and do those diligently and then check in in a couple of weeks. He'll put me back on the video again. We'll see where we're at and then we'll start refining that further. Not that dissimilar to any other sport as well, whether you're a triathlete, uh, working on your swim or your run technique or your cycle technique, your body positions, you'll all have coaches that will help you with that, uh, marathon runners, uh, working on your cadence. Speaking of marathons, how good was the sub two hours? And I know it was in a format that's not recognised by the world standards because it was, you know, not an open race. Um, he had, you know, dedicated pace runners that were swapping in and out. But I sense now that that's been done, people know it can be done, it's going to get done in an open race and fantastic effort. But, you know, to, to get to that, uh, he had to look at his uh, technique and I'm quite sure uh, he's had coaches that have looked at technique and refined how he can breathe better and hold that pace better and his stride and his cadence, all those things. But if you're going, oh, well, I got 201, that's world record, that's sweet, and that's that's where it's at. But it's that continual quest to improve. So that's what we try and instill in our members here um, as well is having that if you're disappointed by something or something isn't quite where you want it, then use that to fuel you to go forward. Set some goals around that. Come and book in for a session with a coach. We'll help you out. We'll give you a plan to move forward, and away you go. Real simple. Um simple from our perspective, hard work for the athlete. And that's that's what you want. And when you've achieved what you want to achieve, you're going to feel super good for that. You're going to feel that sense of achievement that you worked hard for it. The other thing that the Open tends to throw up is the whole scaling issue. And um, we've had to address it from time to time. And sometimes you need to have that, that uh, tough conversation with an athlete that you would prefer they did it scaled simply to a, preserve the intensity of the workout. I quite often say to the athletes here, our members, that uh, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Um, there's no point, you know, every workout has an intent and has a purpose. And our role here as coaches and should be anywhere basically is to help you meet that intent. And whether that means, you know, you need to adjust the, the load or the range of motion, um, to get that intent. So I'm going to use myself as an example. Um, I did 20.1 the other day. I came in and had a little solo attempt at it. I had to heavily modify. Um, so it's not a, a an attempt that I can log a score for, but I still did the workout. Um, I've got badly nerve damaged knees, so I can't actually kneel on the floor for any period really without them sharp pains, numbness, and that's just from, you know, a few years of judging and being on the knee for a couple of hours on cement. It's kind of uh, damaged the knees a little bit. But um, so I knew that doing, you know, 100 burpees was not going to work and I would probably get through maybe two rounds while I was trying to get my feet back with protecting my knees. So I made the decision that, uh, you know, this is supposed to be a high-intensity workout, so I still needed to achieve that. So I basically set up a box either either side of my barbell uh, that I could do a modified range burpee. So hands on the box, jump feet out, jump feet back. So I'm getting the intensity of the burpee without having the, the issue of going to ground and then stepped over the barbell as I would have if I'd done my burpee to the ground and then done a burpee on the other side with the other box, so on and so forth. Um, still used a reasonable weight and snatched the barbell. Now, I could have done it 
the conventional way. I could have said, all right, well, I'll just go RXD and I'll just do uh, eight snatches at 29 kilos and then I'm done. Now, that's not really the intent of the workout. It's not really the intent of the open. Um, and it's not really proving anything to anyone except, oh, I want to go up higher on the scoreboard than someone who did it uh, scaled. Big deal. You know, at, at our that's pure ego talking. That at, at the level of um, the general population where we're not going, there's 0.0001% going to the, to the games um, out of the open. Like, it doesn't matter if you finish above or below somebody else. It's that, that's ego, and I don't really like to get into that space very much. I could have done that and been able to log a score because I paid my 20 bucks, the same as everybody else, but I didn't. I still wanted to preserve the intent of the workout, and I worked for my 15 minutes, didn't quite get through it all, but at the end I was I was tanked, and I knew that I'd, I'd given it best effort, and I record zero for that workout. That's okay. Um, that's just what happens some days. Um, and we often have to have, you know, and as an affiliate owner, as a coach, it's taken me a long time to get to the point where that's okay. Um, I recently had an interaction with somebody who, um, you know, doesn't have a great deal of respect for me or my abilities and might not understand why I do the things that I do. But, oh, yeah, not jumping in again, hey, coach. And it's not about not jumping in. It's not about not having a go. It's about working to your ability. And sometimes that's just not appropriate. And my priority is coaching my members and and being the best coach I can be. But sometimes as that coach and the affiliate owner, it kind of is a kick to the gut sometimes. You're like, oh, I feel like I should be doing better. I should be doing more. But I can only do me and do the best me I can. And, and my priorities are very squarely aligned with um, – what do the members need right now? What What's best for my affiliate? Um, what's best for the crew? What can I give to the crew to, to help them have a great experience? Because it's not about me. Um, the box is not about me. It's about them. They write the stories. They are the stories. Um, this is their journey, and I'm just grateful to be a part of it. Um, so quite often in the open, it, and you see it online, and there's so much comparison. What'd you get, bro? Where'd you go? Oh, why didn't you do it this way? And oh, this is going to be my strategy and oh, I'm going to do it 15 times. Um, we have a general policy here of one and done for our guys unless they go into something and majorly cock it up for whatever reason or the wrong weight was loaded on the bar um, or they've, they've just grabbed something incorrectly. Usually it's one and done because there's really no point to um, redoing. Um, give that effort you've got, give it your best effort and go nuts at it. So sometimes as coaches we have that conversation with athletes that maybe sometimes it's better to be scaled, preserve that intent. And we, we talk about that in our workouts in class as well. But the open, it tends to come up a lot more. People go, oh, I want to do RxD. Yeah, I've never done a ring muscle up, but, yeah, I'm going to spend 15 minutes just swinging like a drunk monkey from the rings. Okay. Um, why? Why would you do that? You're risking so much injury, a heap of frustration, at not being able to get it when you probably have done no work on muscle-ups um, to help you get one. And I care a little bit too much about your shoulder health and your, you know, we're training and I say to the members here all the time and they're probably sick of hearing it, you know, we're, we're not training for the games, we're training for life, we're training for the long game, which is we want to be fit and well 
after the Open's finished. We want to be fit and well through Christmas so we can run, jump, swim, climb, uh, drive, drink, hang out, be merry, and not worry about, oh, I've got to do my shoulder rehab or I've got to do my knee rehab um, because we went out too hard in five weeks, which really in the overall scheme of life don't mean very much um, to your value as a person, to your place in the world, to how much your family loves you, to how much your box community respects and cares for you because when the Open's done, we're not talking about it again unless we redo it or work out and then it's just, well, what did you do last time we're aiming to do better? What did you learn from that workout last time? So at times we've had to have difficult conversations, hasn't always gone well, athletes not always receptive, and at the end of the day it is the athletes call. I can give my best recommendation, what I think they should do for their wellness. If they still choose to, to do it, you know, another way, I just have to buckle down and hope and pray and keep them as safe as we can that nothing happens and try and control what we can in that. So then it'll be, okay, cool, well, let's, uh, last year we had an athlete with bar muscle-ups and I said, cool, you can have, you know, four or five attempts and we're not going to swing around at this all day. You're just going to have, you know, four or five attempts in that time remaining and they got a bar muscle-up on their fifth attempt, which was awesome. It was great. But there was every chance that they might nerve. But I wanted to give them the opportunity but within a control parameter so not swinging away for hours and, uh, you know, endless time, ripped hands, busted shoulder, uh, deflated ego. So let's be smart about our attempts. Let's be smart about our strategy and work to that. And it was great. They had a good experience. They had a win. Everyone walked away okay. Um, sometimes it's not, you know, great. Athletes are not happy about um, our recommendation, and that's cool, but it's you've they've got to start to question where that comes from. And it's definitely from that place of ego. It's from that, you know, wanting to be one of the big boys or, you know, I can see it in um, over the years people we've had come through the doors. You can actually see them. Um, you, you're running a whiteboard brief and they're looking at the whiteboard. You can always, they're not listening. They're just simply looking at who got what and how can I get better and what can I do today. And if they don't think they can compete, then they bail out. Go, oh, I'm just going to go light today, coach, and work technique. No, you're going to do what you're capable of doing and preserve that stimulus. So every workout, as I said earlier, is whether they're open workouts, CrossFit Games, there's a certain stimulus. When Dave Castro programs for the open and the games, that's something that he's he's after an in, a response out of that, whether he thinks the athlete should feel a certain way afterwards, it should take a certain time, this percentage of the field should finish. All of those things are taken into account. When I program for the affiliate, same thing. I'm looking at the workout, uh, what time I want it to take, what intensity that I think the athletes should take, uh, whether they should be able to do, whether I'm looking at the loading, whether the reps should be, you know, long unbroken sets or uh, fast singles at a heavier load, um, all of that. And we communicate that through the athletes. So we use an app here called SugarWad. And it gives us an, uh, an option to put uh, athlete notes in, workout notes. So I can do a little bit of a spiel for each workout, uh, giving the athletes a bit of a heads up. Uh, today, this should be a short, sharp, fast effort. We're looking for, uh, you know, uh, where you can do six to seven reps unbroken each round. You can come back from a run, get back on your barbell, um, move quickly between movements giving them some parameters around so they can start thinking. Because while we might start to prescribe a load for a workout or a rep scheme, 
we want to help athletes choose a load or a rep scheme that's important, uh, that's uh, appropriate to them, not important. It's important to us. Uh, for example, uh, one of my 5 a.m. girls, Nikki, um, she's just started to get some toes to bar in the last, you know, 12 months and we've started adding a little more volume in. So we did a workout the other day that had a lot of toes to bar. Um, I think it was we went 10 through 1 of uh, I can't remember the movements now, but I had her do half the reps of toes to bar. So that way she's still getting the opportunity to put some toes to bar together but not overloading herself each round. And that was really achievable, and now she's up to doing five unbroken. Great. So that means as we move forward, we can increase that. And that's through getting to know your athletes and working with your athletes and, and helping them understand. I've got another guy here, Cam. We're working on his strict handstand push-ups. He's got solid strict handstand push-ups um, to standard. Um, but, you know, he might usually burn out after um, – you know, one round, if he does, he'll jump in, do 10 unbroken, and then we're down to singles. So working with him when we do handstand push-ups in a workout, we'll drop the reps so that it's manageable, building up volume, getting going. Now, does he love that necessarily? Not every time. But does he understand why? And that's our job as coaches is to communicate that. That we're not scaling somebody to knock them down or to make them feel less or to hold them back. We're scaling them to actually help their improvement long-term with this there was a quote years ago and I remember writing a blog post about it too uh, that I'd seen says you know scaling still sucks and if we scale the workout right it's not about it being easier it's about you know preserving that intended stimulus so if you do a workout RxD and you're on your back take for example 20.1 lots of athletes did that and they're lying on the ground kicking their shoes off their feet are burning their soul is on fire and, you know, they've done the RxD rate, they've banged away for 15 minutes and, you know, they've worked at intensity. Now, just because someone else has scaled, they're still going to be lying there feeling exactly the same way. I know I was and it's not that I did easier burpees and some people may consider that easier but it was an appropriate stimulus that meant I still got to work fast which was the, intense, which was the intent of the workout, the stimulus. So had I done the burpees and laboured away on the floor and protected my knee and got up and stepped over and yeah, 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 and did two rounds, I'm not going to feel the same way at the end as somebody who's, you know, done eight-plus rounds and, and gone all out. So I haven't done an easier option. It may be perceived to be easier, but at the end of the day, it's actually the, the intensity was the same. So we both felt the same at the end of the workout. And that's the joy of scaling is that you can still get that burning in your lungs, nowhere is comfortable, rolling around the floor feeling, and you've done it at a load or at a range of motion that is appropriate for you. Um, one of my ladies here who's over 50 uh, did a meniscus playing netball, so we've spent a long time rehabbing that, getting it strong, getting build, gradually building her range of motion, but still if she does a ton of squats, it jacks up. It's not great. So what do we do? We change the range of motion. I might have her do less squats, squatting to and then uh, and they're squatting to a bench, for example. We had a workout the other day with some front squats. A couple of days later, we did a workout with a lot of thrusters, um, which is awesome and great, but not appropriate for her. So I scaled her to, we modified to hang power cleans. Still got the intensity, took the load off the knee, 
had a great workout, was absolutely trashed at the end, felt awesome, high-fived everybody, went home and we all went on with our lives. Perfect solution. So I think people get a little bit hung up on the number uh, or the name of RxD or I've got to do this load or I've got to do that load or Rich Froning's doing this or Roycey Dunn's doing that. It's it's not about those guys. It's you doing you. And I know I've spoken about that in, in other podcasts and I'm quite passionate and get on a bit of a tangent about scaling. And probably, you know, I guess I'm a little bit different to I'll say the vast majority of affiliate owners and, and coaches out there because I've had to scale from day one and I have to continue to scale. It doesn't matter what shape I'm in or condition and or anything. I've always had to scale. I'm probably never going to get a muscle up in my life and that's okay. But I sure as shit understand the progressions that need to be done um, to help an athlete get a muscle up. Can I do those progressions? Fantastic. Awesome. Yes, I can. Can I swing from the rings 10 feet above the ground and put it all together muscle up? No, absolutely not. But I can do those progressions. I can understand how to link it up and I can teach somebody a muscle up. Uh, no problem at all. Same as for pull-ups or toes to bars or, the you know, the million other options where I scale. Can I help an athlete run better? Absolutely. Why? Because I've studied it. I've talked to coaches. I understand it. My ability in running doesn't affect my ability to teach running, if that makes sense. So I understand scaling because I have to scale. I have to do the progressions. I have to know the progressions for me. And I've been taught the progressions, which puts me in a good position to help the everyday athlete. Now, I can also fully help elite athletes and, and more advanced athletes, no problem. Um, and it's not about <clears throat> me being an everyday coach, but I can relate to the frustrations and struggles, but I can help show them a roadmap that's going to get them to their end point. If you want to pull up, cool. I will happily write your pull-up program. The trick to the pull-up program working is you turning up to the gym and doing the work. Same for the muscle-up program. I guess in our almost five years of being here, which it will be next week, we'll have a little birthday podcast where we'll, I'll talk about some reflections as an affiliate owner uh, for five years. Um, you know, I've had dozens, dozens and dozens and dozens of athletes come to me and want to get a pull up, get, get a muscle up. Okay, cool. Well, come and see me. This is what we're going to do. So come and see me. Here's your program. Here's how we're going to do it. This is what I need from you to do. And then the rings slowly but surely get dusty because they don't come in. Um, get busy because it's not a priority. And that's cool. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be a priority. Muscle up, you know. Uh, that's just one example. But if something's important enough to you, you'll make the time, you'll make it a priority, you'll get yourself in, you'll make it happen like we all do. Um, even for me, I used to say I had no time for golf, I had no time to train, no time to this. Well, I do because um, I make it a priority. Um, and, and that's where I've shifted my priorities a little bit and I'm managing to get everything done that I need to get done. Uh, like today, took myself out for a lesson with my coach, um, did a little bit of mobility, got my podcast done, uh, talking to you lovely people, uh, and then get set for, you know, afternoon classes and a uh, on-ramp this afternoon and getting a heap of stuff done. It's all about making, you know, that a priority and that's what I am doing. And it's the same for people with skills. So I guess the kind of long-winded rambly point of today has been if you have to scale, scale. Don't even consider it scaling. 
Um, I'm gonna. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but I'm gonna start something here with our members in a couple of weeks, and I don't want to announce it on the podcast till I announce it to the members. But um, don't consider it scaling. You're just you're doing you, and that's what I need to do today. And you know, sometimes, as I've said, that you know, your hundred percent varies day to day. Um, so don't consider it scaling. Consider it. This is my hundred percent today. This is what I've got today. You know, if you've got a bit of stuff going on in outside life, um, you know, everyone's got stresses and mental wellness, and or someone who's affected by mental health issues, and they're helping support and and deal with that. That's okay. Um, get in when you get in. But when you're here, this hour is about you. You do what you need to do. Don't feel like I should have done or I could have done. Just do and do whatever you've got on that day. I often say to the members here, if you give me your best on any given day, that's enough. And I can tell when you're either dialing it in or you're actually here and you're you're lifting. I was talking to, I just was blown away this morning, one of my girls who comes to 8.45, all of a sudden, she used to be very conservative with her lifting numbers and conservative and pacing in a workout. And I'm like, dude, she's like, she's blowing the socks off at the moment with her lifting numbers and her workout results. I'm like, what's going on? I said, who is this person? Where have you been? And she said, well, you told me that I had to work harder. And sometimes that's what it is. You know, you've got to have that honest conversation with yourself. Do I actually just need to work harder? Am I really giving my 100%? So takeaways today. Whatever your sport, if you need to adjust something, you know what, it's not scaling, you're just doing you, you're giving your 100%. And as long as you're giving your 100%, whatever the version of the workout is or the the training you did for that day, whatever that version, that's what you did, that's your best, then you can go away proud of your efforts. And I'm pretty sure your coach would be too. Um, I'm going to go hit balls later in the week, trying to get this new little swing adjustment nailed in. I guarantee it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to go well. Um, It's going to be what it is. And my coach is going to be happy that I went out there and tried and I'll ask questions and I'll get feedback and I'll keep tweaking those changes. So go forth. We will have our birthday episode next week. We'll talk a little bit about the five-year journey of an affiliate owner. Um, Thanks for listening. Make sure to drop by, give a review. Uh, we kind of 50-50 our listeners on Apple and Google, so leave a review on Apple if you can. Um, give us any feedback. Love hearing from you guys. And go out, give your best effort this week, and you do you, and we'll talk next week. Hey, team, Lisa here. Thanks so much for listening to The Virtuosity Project. It really means a lot to me that you guys give me half an hour of your ears each week. If you like what you hear, please feel free to jump across to Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating and a review. Um, That helps to get us showing on their content database and also appreciate um, your feedback. And and thank you for those who've taken the time to email me or let me know how you've gone with the little weekly challenges I throw out or any ideas for guests or topics. That would be great. We are trying to organize some guests. So um, thanks for listening. Hope you have a great week. I look forward to talking to you next week.